We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Baisley, catch me out. There you go. <laughs> nice. Hardy spins it to throw. Great defense by the rookie out of Arizona State. Another ferocious slam by Hamadou Diallo. For the lead, Gilgis Alexander got it. The Thunder lead by one. Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast, guys. This is the first... Real regular season game. I'm your host talking about it, Kami Moravian. I hope you guys had a really great, great Christmas. And now we get to talk about real basketball for the first time. Not that actually, not that long ago. I mean, it felt like just yesterday. OKC was in the bubble, and now I'm watching the Suns play the Kings, and Chris Paul's there, and it's it's pretty weird, but it's just it's a good time to be alive. And OKC won. They beat the Charlotte Hornets, 109 to 107. Not I don't think that was anything that we were expecting, to be quite honest with you. I think we all expected OKC to lose by like 15, like they should on the entire year. And one of the first things I noticed already was how much I hate Charlotte's court. And then during the game, I was thinking, is Charlotte is Charlotte tanking? Because they also, I also felt like I didn't see t- uh, Scary Terry, and I didn't see. Lamelo Ball in there as often as I thought I would see somebody in there, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me taking in the moment from OKC, whose starting lineup was Shea, 
Lou Dort, uh, George Hill, Darius Baisley, and Al Horford. And so it was just an interesting lineup because that was like the anti-tank lineup. OKC played really, really well when all five, five of those guys were in there. But first out of a tank, really different feeling of a season, guys. <clears throat> For this team, maybe with the exception of the injury year, um, when Katie got hurt and then, of course, Russ got hurt and all those, and it was like PJ, you know, Perry Jones being the leading scorer in the point guard. That was awful. And uh, maybe with the exception of that year, but even that year, started off with high expectations. And to now being the first game of a real tank, it's like the edge is off. It's like this is so easy to this is so easy to watch now because you expect them to lose. So you're really looking for a couple things, maybe like you're excited for the season. You're looking for maybe improvement. <clears throat> you're looking to see what the what the the vets got, what the vets have and stuff like that. So I, I'm looking at like this team, and maybe you guys are too, or maybe not. Looking at this team in terms of like three tiers, and I know there's like 15 available players on the roster, but I'm not looking at all 15 players. I don't think any of us are looking at all 15 players, but we're looking at three tiers of players. You've got the grandpas, which are the veterans. You've got, So like Muscala, George Hill, Al Horford, those are the old dudes, and those are guys really more so George Hill and Al Horford that everybody looks to, the younger guys look to for like advice. So it was really nice to get Chris Paul to get with Shea. Now it's wonderful to get dudes like Darius Baisley, in with Al Horford. He can learn so much from Al Horford with ball movement and how he just he, did, he does everything, even Pokashevsky. And, uh, yeah, I just need to get those guys in the white room. But Baisley look good. <clears throat> but looking at those those vets, and then you have the young guys. You got Shea, Lou Dort, and Darius Baisley. Those are guys that, you know, they're not established. I mean, Shea maybe is more so than the others, but you're looking for improvement. What are they adding to their game? How much better have they gotten since the bubble? And then you're looking at one more tier, which is the the younger guys. And so you're looking at dudes. Really, look, you're looking at Pokashevsky, looking at Poku, and you're looking at Teo Maladon, okay? And you're just looking at see maybe what these guys have, what their skills are against real NBA opponents and not just the preseason version of the Chicago Bulls and Billy Donovan. So let's look at the young guys. You've got Shea, 24-7-9. and I think if OKC is going to win more than 30 games, he is going to have to average somewhere around 28 points a game, which I think is still asking a lot for a guy that averaged about 19 points last year, leading score on the team, um, You know, making another jump of nine points. But if this team's going to win over 30 games, he's going to have to probably do that. But at the same time, I don't think you want this team to win tw- over 30 games. So... That's great. You know, maybe 24, 20 games. Who knows? Maybe zero. Actually, just one because they just won the first one. He had highs and lows, right? I mean, he had parts of the game where his crossover was just stupid sick. His crossover. He he had guys on the skates the entire night, even to the very last uh, dribble of his and the last bucket scored of the game. Just his crossover is unbelievable. His change of pace is unbelievable. What he brings to the game is unbelievable. His load up, his shot is still a little bit slow. He needs a quicker release. He has a bit of a load up, especially for threes and more step-back jumpers. He does have a load of and It's a little bit weird, but he played really well most of the night. And then the last two minutes were just, oh, my goodness, for him especially. I think he had three or four straight turnovers. But then, so, like, he had lows because he still learned to be the guy. I mean, with the Clippers, he was, like, an added extra thing that they were like, wow, he's so good. And then on OKC last year, we can all agree that Chris Paul was the most important player on this team in that, Maybe Shea was the benefactor of being around Chris Paul and being around Dennis Schroeder 
in being around Danilo Gallinari that he was a benefactor of those guys and experience that he was a leading scorer because he was very talented and and he he d- deserved like he drew the other team's third best defender at times and now he's the dude and so you see you saw him have highs and then you saw him have really lows and then an ice an ice game winner on the first night in a in a, an opponent's arena Holy crap! Take a bow, uh, Shea Gillis Alexander. Some some really good stuff there. And I mean, if he's one to take those shots, and he's the one that's going to take those shots and make that first shot, that's going to give him a lot of confidence coming down the stretch and really opening his third year in his NBA career. So really good for him. Lou Dort, fifteen five and two. It's incredible. The man attacks on defense and offense. And Oklahoma City, after so many years. What, 10 years now? Because 2009, they were not good. And in 2010, they started to become good. 10 years, you know? An entire decade. OKC needed a two-guard that could attack on offense and be really good on and on defense. And with teams that could have title contenders like Russ and Paul George, I mean, like, yeah, they could have been title, title contenders. That year, they were going to be really special before Andre Robertson got hurt. And or the teams, of course, with Russ and KD. Um, OKC finally has his first two guard that can actually attack and play defense since Kevin Martin and James Harden. It's incredible, you know. It, it, OKC f- tried so many options, and now they've got a guy, and, and now they're tanking. So really cool to see him get a lot more experience. I really like his drives. Really like everything he brings to you. I mean, of course, you want Dort to be a little more long armed. But that's not anything he can fix, right? But I just really like what he's done. And the guy that we like most, I think that I like the most that we saw from this first game is Darius Baisley. <clears throat> he's taking he's taking a jump. Uh, he he just looks more athletic. He looks more confident. I like how he handles the ball. He's dribbling and driving with confidence. He's got a great facial hair, by the way. 15 and 10, and he he racked up a stat in blocks, assists, and steals. He was everywhere tonight. He was so good. And he can only benefit more from what Al Horford is going to teach him. And I'm, I'm so excited for what he's going to be able to do in the future with this team. At one point, he put LaMelo Ball um, in the in the kind of washing machine. This guy just took him off the dribble. He gave him a couple fakes, and he went heads in. And it's just so good. Um, and I'm really excited what he can bring because, you know, he's another guy, kind of like Pokashevsky, that, I mean, they're on totally different planets right now, talent-wise. But he's a guy that's big, lanky skinny but has the ability to handle really well actually and he, he's 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 quick off the dribble and so I'm very curious to see where his career goes with Shea I mean I think him and I think Bays and Shea are the ones that you're looking at immediately with these young guys that you're thinking hey they could be something special and then you get the younger guys you're looking at Pokashevsky and you're looking at Taylor Malinum Pokashevsky didn't have a good night uh, he was 0.0 assists four rebounds he was vis- visibly frustrated with himself, um, and that was obvious. He was pissed when he was sitting on the bench. And, you know, we could say, you know, he's 19. You know, he just had his birthday. Some might say he sucks. I mean, he had a bad night, and he was visibly angry with himself because it wasn't because he didn't look like he it didn't look like he didn't belong. On defense, he played pretty okay defense. Uh, his his, his his arms are still too low, and that's just the thing that he needs to realize because he's going from the second division Greek leagues to playing in the NBA. 
So his his arms are still sometimes just at his hips, you know, instead of being on to, to the sides, one hand guarding the guarding the pass, the the other hand guarding the crossover, and so. He's still learning on defense, but he stayed in front of guys actually pretty well. Had a couple blocks, had some pretty nice things. Um, but offensively, he actually had several open looks. He just couldn't convert. And so you've seen what he's done in the preseason, canning like how many three-pointers in a game, like five in a row at some point I felt like. And so maybe maybe it was just nerves. That was his first NBA game. It wasn't that he wasn't getting open looks and wasn't getting good looks. He was. He just didn't can them. And I think that's going to be what's going to happen with these rookies, you know? You're going to see them be really good one night. You're going to see them be pretty bad one another night. Same for Shea. Same for Dorton. Same for Bays. I mean, the only guys that will probably be consistent, honestly, are George Hill and Al Horford. All the other guys, you might be really frustrated with this team because they're so up and down. You might have Shea have three really good games in a row and then four awful games. And you might have Poku have maybe three, four, five good games in a row and then 15 bad games. And you might just be up and down between games. So it just depends. And then we look at Maladon, and he had four points, no rebounds, two assists. He also had ups and downs. He looked like his basketball game was more mature than Poku just because, think about this. Poku was in the second division Greek leagues. He, he was basically in the G League of Greece where Giannis came from. And so that kind of athlete, that kind of professional basketball player is so different than what Teo Maladon was playing against in the EuroLeagues, winning Euro titles, being a significant contributor. So his game is more mature. He looks like he knows what he needs to do to be successful a little bit more. He's definitely fundamental, but he still makes those rookie mistakes because he's 19. He's still young. And so those cross-court passes are going to catch him. They're going to bite him sometimes. Like, I know he has good vision but I don't know if his vision is that good if or they're just bad passes um he's got a really nice floater game I I just wish he was less passive and more aggressive with his drives there were times that he was open to take a jumper a wide open three or a semi-contested or a, a, a tiny contested three and he passed it up for a guy that he thought was more open but then was covered up quite quickly after he passed it to him so I want him to be more more active with his shots. I want to be more active with his dribble drives and with with a pick and roll, and that's what I want to see from him. And so, and that's just really it. And so, there's a lot more to discuss about this game. You know, we've got these things like, hey, do we really want the Thunder to have one? I do have one little bit of worry for Shea. Um, and then we'll talk about stock up, stock down, and moment of the game. We'll take some Twitter stuff, but. Right now, we have to go to the guys that pay the bills around here, uh, guys, for the ad read. So let's talk about Bet Online. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at the game this year, but you're still going to be on the action of Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to, take to make sure you can get in every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get into the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline.today and take advantage of all the great sign-up and bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Alright guys, so did the Thunder want to win this game? I mean sure, they're all competitors. Because we, 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 we've tried to condition ourselves to see this game and see this team lose a lot of games. 
And so it was a weird ending. Okay, so he was up 13 with less than two minutes to go. And then there, next thing you know, uh, Bridges hits three threes in a row, and it's tied. And then Shea ices the game. So I'm really curious to be or to see how good Shea can be at the end of the season because it seems like him and Baisley have made a good-sized jump into their next games as pros. And I'm curious to see what what Baisley and Shea will be like at the end of the season when teams have really been able to scout OKC and maybe found out, like you saw today, that OKC is not a very good three-point shooting three-point shooting team once again for like the millionth year in a row uh, since they haven't had Kevin Durant. And so, I mean, it's just a weird it's a weird thing. It's a weird season. It's 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 fun, but I mean, we'll see. It's it's there's no high stakes, right? And so you just have this relaxed feeling, unless you're just like really high strung and you're like maybe a Sooner football fan where you're used to always winning. Like I'm a Sooner fan too. You're used to always winning and suddenly you're going to be rooting for like a big time loser. Uh, so it's it's going to be weird, but lots of ups and downs, like I say. My worry for Shea is that he's still young. And of course, he's still under his rookie deal and OKC will offer him a max contract after that. And I, I worry about, you know, him taking years off his career during a tank like he may spend the next two to three three years inside a tanking team and they might be really good in two years or three years or they might be a lot better in two to three years or they might just be a little bit better I mean it's hard to see teams because Milwaukee it felt like they were tanking for like 30 years since the the 90s and the Cavs are just never good Sacramento has horrible management but there are a lot of teams that they just never get their day in the sun. And, and so I'm just really curious to see what it's going to be like for Shea's career. Um, OKC does know they have a really good player in him, and they have a foundation that they want to build around him and other players if Baisley really turns it on like he can. So I'm really curious. My worry is that you might be wasting his years, but of course that's just, I think it'd be pretty silly to say for serious, for sure, after the first game of a, re- of a tank of a rebuild and uh, especially after a win. Stock up, free throws. OKC, 79% from free throws. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Uh, stock up, musky. Yeah, you got to love Muscala just taking it to the to the, to the the Hornets. Love that. Shea's great. Bays is great. And I mean, Shea was kind of shaky, uh, but yeah, it was great for his stats. Speak for themselves, guys. 24-7-9, flirting with a triple-double in his first game under the guy under at the helm. And so love those dudes. Stock down, really nobody. I mean, you got, I mean, George Hill was fantastic most of the night. Al Horford only had three points, but he had a crap ton of rebounds. He facilitated the offense really well. I guess you could say maybe Justin Jackson, and I, I guess maybe Hamadou Diallo. Justin Jackson is one of the stock downs for me, I guess, because... He's been in Sacramento, he's been in Dallas, and he's played significant minutes in both with both teams. And then he comes to OKC, and he can't get minutes over Pokashevsky. I think it's interesting. The other one is Diallo. I know Hami tries really hard. He's the guy that basically expects his, like, he is kind of like Russ in the fact that his jump shot is hyper stupid broken, but he's super athletic, right? He expects the ball to go out he expects to shoot a brick so like that's why he's so quick as soon as he hits the floor as soon as look we'll go back and watch the games as soon as 
his feet hit the floor from a jump shot, he's running forward. It's almost like he lands with the purpose of running forward because he knows he's put up a brick, and that's how he gets all of his rebounds off his shots besides the fact that he goes right near the rim. And I don't want him handling the ball when Teo Maladon is in the game. I mean, Maladon is a guy that is a point guard. He's a guy that's going to handle the ball. He's a guy that they want him to run an offense. Hamadou Diallo is never going to run your offense, or he shouldn't be. And so maybe stock down for him. I mean, his his jumper is still broken. It's still busted, but he's, stu- he's still really athletic. He's still a crazy hops. So maybe stock down on him. But, I mean, again, first game of the regular season. Moment of the game, it got to be Shea Ice in the game. It's simple as that. And last but not least, let's go to some Twitter stuff where I just said, hey, do you guys have any questions? Do you guys have any thoughts on this game? The first regular season game, so exciting. Um, I got two from Black Dolphin 5. Thanks, Black Dolphin 5. Do you think Presti is happy or sad from this game? I think he's happy to see what Shea and especially Baisley could do. And, of course, when you're tanking and you're trying to lose games for Cade Cunningham, I think you're sad because you won the game, especially when the Hornets tied it up with one possession left. And the other question was, so if the Thunder really want to tank, should the Thunder play the bench more? I'd love to see Tao Melodon. Who else do you really want to see more? I mean, you you didn't see George Hill that much at all, and now Horford, you know, he played he played a bit, um, but I mean, the bench is they they played like ten players in the first quarter, so I think they're fine. And then Vargas underscore Efren says thought Poku's jumper is too flat. I agree. Uh, so when I said during the during the game that it's like his shots were like a football pass, I didn't mean the motion that maybe gave off the wrong connotation. It wasn't the motion. It was the arc on the shot. They're so, so flat. There's no arc in that whatsoever. And it's because he shoots from his chest. And that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a thing that they're going to have to fix. I mean, it's 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 not a significant problem, but it's something that the, the coaches are going to have to re- rework with OKC. And I worry about... Markel Fultz part three, which is look, looking like it's happening to Brandon Clark now that you get the NBA, they start reworking your shot to make it a lot better and uh, it messes with it completely and messes with their brain. Now, Markel Fultz is actually playing pretty well this season and he started to have a really good part in, in Orlando. Brandon Clark looks rough right now. Uh, Poku, you know, his shots come directly from his chest. They're kind of flat. I mean, to really maximize his frame, his potential, besides adding weight to adding weight you know he's 190 soaking wet is making that jump shot go arc with a high release that basically at seven foot he's the only like there's nobody else in the league maybe Giannis that can really contest him like KD always had a wide open jump shot and everything was always never really too contested because nobody could play defense on him he's a seven footer that has a jump shot that can handle the ball and so yeah i I agree with that one efren uh i i I super agree with that but anyways out of this building go enjoy the night it is a saturday after christmas it's boxing day find us at the underscore uncontested on twitter give us a listen give us a follow Give us a subscribe if you're listening to the first time. Really appreciate you guys. Look forward to doing this for the rest of the season. Check you later.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.